your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 308 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you were hearing right now is Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. Definitely give those guys a try anywhere you get your music. Today, obviously, we got to talk about another rough loss for the Rangers against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They dropped to 1-3-2 and two against the Penguins so far this season. And again, this is a team that we expect the Rangers to be neck and neck with at the end of the season if the Rangers are fortunate enough to be in the playoff chase. I think, you know, maybe that battle for the number four spot could come down to teams like maybe the Penguins, you know, maybe the Flyers. They've struggled recently and hopefully the Rangers are in there as well. But it just has not gone very well for the Rangers against this team so far this season. I think I'm putting it very mildly when I say that. And another unfortunate trend that continues as far as Rangers versus Penguins this season is concerned. This was the sixth time out of six games this season where the Rangers held a lead against the Penguins, and again, they have only won one of those six games. Now, of course, in this game, just like the game before on Sunday, it was only a one nothing lead, and it was in the first period, so it's not like the Rangers are building these seemingly insurmountable 3 to nothing, 4 to one four nothing leads and then the Penguins are coming back and winning. I mean, that would be a complete disaster, but this isn't really a whole lot better because, you know, a loss is a loss and all these losses for the Rangers against the Penguins are coming despite the fact that they build up at least a one goal and in some instances a two goal lead against this team. Of course, you know, they did win the one game, but one, three and two against a team that you're expecting to be neck and neck with for a playoff spot in a shortened season, no less, that doesn't bode well for the Rangers' chances of making the playoffs. And I'm not giving up. There's a long way to go. There are still two matchups against this very same Pittsburgh Penguin team. But it's just unfortunate that the Rangers, for whatever reason, they cannot find a way to beat this team right now. Despite the Penguins, you know, I don't think this is the most talented roster that we've ever seen from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, we can go back to the start of the Crosby-Malkin era. We've seen some unbelievable Pittsburgh Penguins teams. And I'm not taking anything away from this team because they do just seem to be one of those teams that finds a way to get it done, uh, despite maybe not, like I said, having as much talent as some previous Penguin teams. Uh, they just play good hockey. They get a lead, and they seem to uh, basically shut everything down. That was certainly the case on Sunday. In last night's game, I thought the Rangers obviously did a nice job in the third period, kind of uh, breaking through a little bit, creating some scoring chances. They actually outshot the Penguins 15-1 to in the third period last night. The only shot on goal that the Penguins got in the third period was Sidney Crosby's empty netter that uh, sealed the win for them. And the Rangers, they were down 3-1 to entering the third. They... Again, they played a great period. They played a great 20 minutes. They gave themselves a chance. It looked like the equalizer was coming. Alas, it was not meant to be. But overall, you know, I don't think this was a disastrous or a terrible performance by the Rangers because when you look at this game as a whole, I thought the Rangers skated very well. I thought the the compete level was there. I thought that they showed a great never-say-die attitude in the third period, going up against a team that had basically shut them down for five periods between Sunday and last night's game. Unfortunately, they just couldn't break through. I thought the Rangers kind of had a rough start to this game. The first 10 minutes or so, they couldn't find that extra gear. They just couldn't get going, and I thought the Penguins clearly had the better play in the first 10 minutes of the first period, but beyond that, I, I thought this was actually a pretty strong overall performance by the Rangers. It's just a situation where they couldn't finish a lot of their scoring opportunities. That's been something of a theme for parts of this season, 
One definite negative from this game, though, is that the Rangers gave up goals late in the first period, and they gave up a goal late in the second period as well. Now, the first one put the Penguins up 2-1. to one. That was with about a minute or so left in the first period, and then they give up a goal even later in the second period, 19.3 seconds remaining to be exact. That made the score 3-1 to one Penguins. And again, the Rangers had a great third period. They, they came roaring back, and I think it says a lot about their team that they could give up a goal late in the second period and still come out in the third, put their best foot forward. But again, you know, you're just kind of digging a hole for yourself against a veteran team, a team that knows how to win. You go into the third period only trailing 2-1 to one and playing pretty well because I think by that point in the second period, the Rangers had found their game a little bit. Yes, they were down by a goal, but I thought they were at least creating some good scoring chances. Uh, Tristan Jerry played very well in this game. You got to give credit where it's due. It would have been nice over this two-game span against the Penguins, I think, if the Rangers had maybe just kind of thrown at the puck a little bit more often than they did because you look at Tristan Jerry, you look at Casey DeSmith, no disrespect to those players. I don't think either one of them has exactly played like a Vesna candidate this season. And so I think it would have been nice to see the Rangers test them a little bit more often. When in doubt, just kind of throw the puck at the net. And we're going to get into some of the highlights from this game in just a second here. Obviously, there was just a frantic finish. It looked like the Rangers had the game-tying goal signed, sealed, and delivered on two occasions in the final about minute 30 there, or at least two minutes. Uh, the Rangers had two golden scoring chances. Both of them actually belong to Pavel Buchnevich, and we'll break down those plays in just a second. Capo Caco also had an opportunity, but first I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the Ranger lineup decisions because I was a little bit surprised by their healthy scratches last night. First of all, let's start with Libor Hayek. He was actually the odd man out on the blue line, and that really surprised me. I thought at this point, it looked like the Rangers were going to go forward pretty much on a nightly basis with Fox, Lindgren, Truba, Miller, and Hayek. Maybe I overestimated Hayek's standing uh, as far as being active on every single game night, but I feel like Hayek overall has played well recently, and it's the same point that I've been making. Hayek has a future with this Ranger team, and I don't think that Smith and Johnson necessarily do. If you ask me right now, straight up, do I think that Smith and or Johnson are going to be back on the Rangers next season? I would say probably not, and like we talked about in yesterday's episode, I think both could be candidates to be moved at the trade deadline. Uh, they're both on expiring contracts. We'll see what happens. You never know. They could be back on a team-friendly one-year deal. But to me, Hayek is the guy that, you know, he was part of the deal that sent JT Miller and Ryan McDonough to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a former first-round draft pick, and so I think that, you know, if you're the Rangers, it would behoove you to put him into these games and get him some more NHL experience, and I realize you can't always have your eye on the future. you got to sometimes live in the here and now, and if David Quinn believes that right now, Having Brennan Smith and Jack Johnson active gives the Rangers a better chance to win these games, uh, specifically last night's game against the Penguins. They give the Rangers a better chance to win than Libor Hayek might, then okay. You know, you got to do what you got to do, and you got to put the guys who you think are your best six options on the ice. But I'm just not so sure that's the case. You know, I'm not so sure that Smith and Johnson have dramatically outplayed Libor Hayek to the point that they need to be in the lineup at Hayek's expense. And then when you also factor in the fact that Hayek again, has a long-term future with the Rangers. To me, it just makes sense to have Hayek out there. But we'll see how they look to play it going forward. It could be a situation where they're doing a little bit of a rotation with their defensemen because we've seen them kind of do that with the forwards as far as who's the healthy scratch. This was the third straight game where we had a different healthy scratch for the Rangers at forward. And in last night's game, we might as well talk about this right now as well. It was actually Brendan Lemieux. And if you guys caught yesterday's episode, you would know that, you know, I kind of pitched this idea of having a little bit of a rotation as far as who is the healthy scratch for the Rangers, because I don't think any of these 13 Ranger forwards that are gunning for these 12 spots on any given night, I don't think any of these 13 guys have done anything egregiously wrong to lose their spot in the lineup. So I like the idea of doing a little bit of a rotation, you know, take Philippe Giuseppe out of the lineup once in a while, same thing with Colin Blackwell, 
Same thing with Brandon Lemieux. I would throw Brett Howden in there as well. I don't think the Rangers are going to do it, but we'll see. And, you know, yesterday I mentioned Julian Gauthier is maybe part of this rotation. You know what? Leave Gauthier in there, man. He's playing the best hockey that he's played in his NHL career. He had an assist last night, could have had a second assist. Uh, very strong game for Julian Gauthier. I'm not taking him out of the lineup, and I'm not taking him off of that third line. Leave him on the third line. Putting Julian Gauthier in the fourth line does absolutely nothing for him, does absolutely nothing for the Rangers. So a couple of surprises, a couple of curveballs as far as who was active and who was scratched last night, but uh, we'll look to see how the Rangers play it going forward. Again, there could be something of a rotation going on both at forward and at defenseman. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is German Cake versus Salted Caramel and Mocha Love versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. Tough matchups there to be sure, but go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It is hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Something I noticed after the game when I was watching the, you know, post-game coverage and all that stuff, you know, they have Steve Valaket there in the MSG studios. And first of all, let me just preface what I'm about to say by saying that I think Steve Valaket does a phenomenal job, you know, before the game, after the game, between periods, all that great stuff. Does a great job breaking down the action and just explaining everything that he's seeing. But I do have to respectfully disagree with something that he said after this game last night. He mentioned that he thought the Penguins were catching all the breaks and that the Rangers didn't have any puck luck. And, you know, it made it sound like luck was on the Penguins' side. Which, I mean, to be fair, I think he was kind of talking about the season series as a whole. And if that's the case, then I 100% agree with him. I think if you look at all six of these games together, then... I think certainly you could say that the Rangers have had more than their fair share of unlucky breaks against this team. But if you're just talking about last night's game, last night's game exclusively, you can't cry puck luck if you're the Rangers because both of the Rangers' goals in this game were scored as a result of the puck deflecting off the skate of a Pittsburgh Penguin defenseman and going into the net. The Rangers didn't score any clean goals in this game. The only clean goal that the Rangers scored in this two-game set against the Penguins was a minute and a half into Sunday's matchup when Mika Zibanejad went in on the rush and beat Casey DeSmith short side. That was the only clean goal. So other than that, I mean, if it weren't for these two lucky breaks that the Rangers got in this game, maybe they don't score any goals at all in the final 118 minutes that they played against this team. And again, I think they did a good job overall creating opportunities in this game last night, but for whatever reason, just not able to convert on them. The one very fortunate break that the Penguins did catch in this game, and maybe this is one of the instances that Valaket was talking about, was when Ryan Lindgren went to clear the puck out of the Rangers zone. It looks like it's going to be a fairly easy clear. He's got the puck along the boards. He's just going to move it into the neutral zone. And uh, unfortunately, his stick breaks. And even more unfortunately, who just happened to be right in front of him when his stick broke? Yeah, Sidney Crosby was there. And Crosby picks up the puck. He passes to his left to Jake Gensel, who's streaking into the zone. And Gensel shoots and scores from some pretty good real estate right there in the high slot. And if you're Ryan Lindgren and if you're the Rangers, there's not really a whole lot you can do there. If your stick breaks, your stick breaks. And it just so happened 
that it occurred during one of the most inopportune times you could possibly imagine with the puck in your own zone and with Sidney Crosby standing right in front of you and with Jake Gensel about to enter on the attack there. So just really unfortunate that tied the game for the Penguins. But I do want to talk a little bit about the two goals that the Rangers scored in this game last night. I suppose you could at least make the argument that maybe the Rangers earned these breaks through some hard work on these plays because the first one, great play by Julian Gauthier. The puck is behind the Pittsburgh Penguin net. Big crowd of players. Gauthier somehow comes away with it. He's skating around behind the net, comes up, keeps a defenseman off of him, and passes back to the blue line to Jack Johnson. And Johnson basically just lets it fly, deflects off of a penguin, goes into the net. Jack Johnson's first point as a New York Ranger. I think, again, he has played a little bit better recently, so nice to see him catch a little bit of a break there. But a great play by Julian Gauthier here, just uh, working hard to get the puck and maintaining possession and getting it back to Jack Johnson. And, you know, you catch a little bit of a break there. But again, I think the Rangers may have earned this break just by the simple fact that they won a puck battle behind the Penguin net. As far as the other Ranger goal, this occurred right after Brett Howden drew a tripping penalty against Sidney Crosby. And in the ensuing faceoff, obviously in the offensive zone, Mika wins the puck back to Adam Fox. He wins the faceoff clean. Fox passes to Buchnevich, who circles back to his right and dishes across the ice to Ryan Strom. Strom's got the puck in the left faceoff circle. He moves in. He's kind of at a sharp angle, and it certainly looked to me like he was attempting to pass to Chris Kreider because Kreider's in his office right in front of the net there, and it looks like Strom was trying to set up Kreider for a goal, but instead, the puck deflects off of Marino's skate, goes into the net. Just like that, the Rangers... Uh, deficit is cut to just one goal, 3-2 with 16-plus minutes to go in the third period. And again, that really set the stage for a really strong third period by the Rangers. It seemed like the game-tying goal was on its way, but a combination of uh, you know a couple of nice saves by Tristan Jerry and just not quite being able to finish on the scoring chances, that led to the Rangers' downfall because it, it really felt like the Rangers took control of this game in the third period. It was obviously their best period of the night here against the Penguins, uh, but the comeback was just not meant to be. And something that I actually wrote down in my notes as I was watching this third period here, and I don't know if I was trying to do some kind of a reverse jinx or whatever it might have been, but I wrote down in my notes, it's a thought that I had watching this game in the third period with the Rangers, again, trailing by just one goal here. And the thought was that the Rangers, to this point in the season, they still don't really have one of those dramatic last-minute, last-second type goals where, you know, the Rangers take the lead with a minute left in regulation or where they tie a game with 30 seconds left and force it into overtime. And they did that a couple of times last year, especially in the second half of last season. That was kind of their calling card. They had so many exciting, dramatic uh, last-second wins, overtime wins, shootout wins, whatever it was, just a lot of really down-to-the-wire nail-biters that the Rangers found a way to prevail in that hasn't really happened this season. I mean, look, ideally, you're leading at the end of games and you don't have to score a game-tying goal or a go-ahead goal with 30 seconds remaining. But we got to face facts here. We are 24 games into the season, and the Rangers are 10, 11, and 3. So certainly uh, to score one of those dramatic goals late in the third period, that would have obviously been very beneficial to the Rangers up to this point. Maybe it's coming in the next game. Who knows? But it would be nice to see them uh, you know, win a game in dramatic fashion like that because that's the kind of thing that can get a team going a little bit. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. 
Ag. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Evampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. So something else that I wanted to do today, and I think everybody by now is pretty well aware of just how important every single game is for the Rangers and really every team in the NHL this season. To begin with, this is an overlying theme for this entire season, but they're only playing 56 regular season games. And so by its very nature, the simple fact that the season is so much shorter than usual, every game is going to take on that much more significance. But I just wanted to kind of point out just how different the standings could look right now if, say, the Rangers had won both of these games against the Penguins in regulation rather than doing what they did, which is to lose both of these games against the Penguins in regulation. So let's take a look at the standings here. It's kind of an unfortunate time to do it, given that the Rangers just lost two in a row, but we'll do it anyway. First of all, you got the Islanders at the top, 36 points. They have won six in a row. They're on fire followed by the Capitals, 34 points. The Penguins are now in third place after winning these two games against the Rangers. They have a three-game winning streak overall, but they now have 31 points. The Bruins are in fourth place with 30 points. They've struggled recently. They've been falling a little bit. And you could kind of say the same thing about the Flyers. You know, they've kind of been up and down a little bit this season, but they are in fifth place, one point behind the Bruins with 29 points. Then the Rangers are in sixth place, six points behind the Flyers. And so again, let's take a look at this from the perspective of, let's say the Rangers won both of these games rather than losing both of these games. Okay, so first of all, the Penguins, instead of having 31 points right now, they would have 27 points. And the Rangers, instead of having 23 points, would have 27 points. So the Rangers and Penguins would each have 27 points if the Rangers had swept this two-game set, and they would be tied for fifth place in the Eastern Conference, and both teams would be just two points behind the Philadelphia Flyers for that all-important fourth spot, and just three points behind the Boston Bruins for third place. And instead, the Rangers lose both of these games. They're six points out of fifth place. They're seven points out of fourth place. And instead of being tied in the standings with the Penguins at 27 points apiece, the Rangers have 23 points. The Penguins have 31. So, it is impossible to overstate just how much is riding on every single game this season. And, I mean, that that's really dramatic. When you look at the standings and you see just how much those two games truly impacted the way everything stands, it's crazy. Now, the good news is we just saw, using this example just now, how much two games, you know, two wins or two losses can move you up or down the standings, put you in a good position, put you in a bad situation, whatever it might be. There are still 32 games left this season, so there's still time for the Rangers to make their move, but man, you got to step on the gas soon if you're the Rangers because there are five good teams ahead of you, and this is not going to get any easier. These are the these are the only teams you're playing this year. The teams I just mentioned, plus the Devils and the Sabres, those last two teams have obviously struggled, but for the most part, you're going up against a good team every single night, and that is going to continue over the rest of this week here, Thursday night in Boston taking on the Bruins, Saturday afternoon also taking on the Bruins, and again, a team that the Rangers are chasing, there's basically an eight-point swing to be had one way or the other if one of these teams sweeps the other one, so we'll have to wait and see what happens, but this is obviously a tremendous test for the Rangers. And the Bruins are another team that the Rangers have struggled against this season. They are 1-2-1 and one in their previous four matchups. I think overall the Rangers played very well in at least three of those games, the first three. The last one, maybe not so much. The Bruins won the game 4-1. to one. Uh, But, you know, sooner or later, moral victories aren't going to cut it. you got to go out and you got to beat a really good team like the Boston Bruins. Or you got to go out and you got to beat a really good team like the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Islanders or the Capitals. These teams that are ahead of the Rangers in the standings. Sooner or later, you got to start winning these games or you're not going to be anywhere near the playoff picture down the stretch this 
this season. But it really is crazy. You know, you get swept by the Penguins in regulation here, and it's just an astronomical difference as far as where the standings are now and where they could have been if the Rangers were the team doing the sweeping against the Penguins. Something that kind of gets lost in the shuffle as far as last night's game is concerned is that Keith Kincaid once again played well. He played well for the second time in as many games and comes away with 23 saves on 26 shots. I thought maybe the second goal, the shorthanded goal by Teddy Bluger, maybe he could have kept that one out, although he really didn't get a ton of help on that. Basically, the Penguins went in two-on-two. It didn't seem like anything was really going to materialize, and again, the Penguins were shorthanded at this time, but Teddy Bluger has the puck along the boards there and just kind of veers to his right, drives to the net, doesn't face a lot of resistance from either Keandre Miller or Jacob Truba. They were the two defensemen on the ice. I think Miller probably should have gotten in his way a little bit more than he did, and again, Miller's played great overall for the Rangers this season, but... uh, Got to do a better job uh, preventing Bluger from getting into such prime real estate. But by that same token, maybe Keith Kincaid should have also come away with that save there. But overall, you know, I thought, again, this is a pretty solid night for Keith Kincaid. Obviously, he wasn't tested in the third period literally at all. The Penguins didn't have any shots on goal while he was in net. Their only shot on goal was the Crosby empty netter. But it's kind of a cool story. You know, Keith Kincaid got off to a nice start with the Devils in his career. It kind of fell apart on him for a while. He goes to the Montreal Canadiens. He plays six games with them. It's a complete disaster. He's got a goals against average in six games of 4.24 to go along with a save percentage of 875. He gets placed on waivers by the Canadians. He goes unclaimed. He spends the rest of last year in the AHL. Obviously, the Rangers bring him in for organizational depth, and he's played well in two games. I mean, I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame for it, but it's always cool to see something like this happen when somebody like Keith Kincaid is basically fighting for his right to stay in the NHL or, or really to get back into the NHL because he spent most of last season in the AHL, somebody whose career got off to a promising start in New Jersey, and for whatever reason, it just went really south. But it'll be interesting to see what happens going Going forward, obviously, we'll keep our fingers crossed that Igor Shesterkin gets back sooner rather than later. I think uh, we're kind of in a situation here where we could definitely use him against a team like the Boston Bruins. Maybe Igor can steal a game or two for us. And as for Kincaid, I don't know that there's really a path to playing time for him on the Rangers as long as Igor and Georgiev are both healthy. But it is nice to see somebody uh, kind of recover from, obviously, a tough point in their career. And for the Rangers, it's nice to have a little bit of organizational depth. A third goalie you can plug in there that has some NHL experience if you need to indeed plug him in there. And something else that really stood out in really both of these games against the Penguins over these last couple of days here is the Rangers' physicality. They set a new season high in hits on Sunday against the Penguins. They dished out 43 hits in that game. And then what do they do? They turn around and they smash it on Tuesday night. They dish out 58 hits, so basically like a hit per minute for the Rangers last night. Seven hits for Phil DiGiuseppe, seven hits for Kevin Rooney, six hits for Chris Kreider, six hits for Ryan Lindgren, and five hits for Ke'Andre Miller. They led the way for the Rangers in that department, but I also wanted to single out Ryan Lindgren because I thought he played a pretty strong game for the Rangers, just played very physical, and there was a play early in this game where the Penguins had a two-on-one break. It was Evgeny Malkin carrying the puck in, and he also had Kasperi Kapanen with him, and Lingering kind of waited him out. I think he was looking for Malkin to pass. He knows that Malkin is looking to pass in that situation. And as soon as Malkin looked to make the pass to Kapanen, Lingren, not only did he knock it away, he just intercepted the pass clean and basically skated it out of the zone. So that was an excellent play by Ryan Lingren. We also got to talk about what was a dramatic final two minutes, two and a half minutes, however uh, much time you want to include there. But the Rangers had a couple of golden opportunities to tie this game after playing very, very well in the third period. Let's just kind of go through all the chances here. First of all, the Rangers call their timeout with 2.41 left. Uh, you get an offensive zone draw. The Penguins win the faceoff, but it goes behind the net. And Julian Gauthier, an 
excellent hustle play here. He almost kind of repeated what he did earlier in the game where he went behind the net, won a puck battle, and set up a goal for Jack Johnson. This time he goes back there. He once again uh, just looks like he was shot out of a cannon, comes away with the puck, plays it in front right there on the doorstep to Mika Zibanejad. And Mika Zibanejad basically just redirects the puck to his right to Pavel Buchnevich. And you're thinking goal, man. I mean, this has goal written all over it. High danger scoring opportunity here. Buchnevich takes the shot right from point-blank range. Unfortunately, Tristan Jari, full extension, prevents the puck from going in. Just highway robbery against Pavel Buchnevich there. Again, you know, you're watching this play live, and you put it on the score sheet as it's happening. But unfortunately, didn't happen. And then not too long after this, you know, the puck came out briefly, but it comes back in. And Zibanejad with a great pass to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich can't bury this one either. So that was really unfortunate. Fast forward another couple of seconds. Capo Caco gets a big-time Shot from the high slot, and there's a scramble in the crease. Jari eventually gets his glove on it, covers the puck. All this happens, and there's still an offensive zone draw coming up for the Rangers and 105 remaining. Unfortunately, the Rangers didn't get any other, you know, real big-time quality scoring chances after that. And in fact, Rust nearly scored an empty netter. He put the puck off the post with 48 seconds remaining. And then unfortunately, 16 seconds later, Crosby indeed gets the empty net goal, and Rangers tough loss. You know, they played great in the third period. It felt like the equalizer was on the way, just wasn't meant to be. Um, and something that I think has also kind of become an unfortunate theme for the Rangers is the inability to play three complete periods. And granted, that's much easier said than done, especially against a quality opponent like the Pittsburgh Penguins. But sooner or later, the Rangers are going to have to put it together for a full 60 minutes. And they've done that a couple of times this season, but it's got to start happening a little bit more often. Because again, you're going up against quality opponent after quality opponent after quality opponent, only playing division rivals this season. Playing two good periods out of three just isn't going to cut it on most nights. So be nice to see the Rangers become a little bit more consistent and play a full 60 minutes a little bit more often than they have thus far this season. But that's going to pretty much do it for today. Like we talked about, the Rangers going to be back in action on Thursday at the Boston Bruins, desperately needing a win. Another team that the Rangers are trying to potentially chase down for a playoff spot here. Not seeing any definitive updates on either Artemi Panarin or Igor Shesterkin, but obviously we'll just keep our fingers crossed that we can get one or both of those guys back sooner rather than later, maybe even for Thursday's game against the Bruins. It would obviously give the Rangers a nice lift. But yes, that will do it for today. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And in fact, the Rangers are actually practicing right now as I'm recording this, and I'm noticing that Artemi Panarin is indeed back at practice, although it sounds like Coach Quinn has ruled him out for playing in Thursday's game against the Bruins. He says he needs to skate a little bit more, so... Not going to have Panarin, at least for this first of the two games against the Bruins. And we also now know Alex Georgiev will be back in net for the Rangers. Really no surprise there because Igor Shesterkin is still day-to-day, and so you're left to choose between Georgiev and Kincaid. I think Kincaid definitely uh, earned the start on Tuesday night against the Penguins, but Alex Georgiev, you know, he's got a bigger role with this team than Keith Kincaid does going forward, and I think it's just time to get him back in the net, and uh, hopefully he can turn in a strong performance against the Boston Bruins because the Rangers are really going to need it. But yes, that will do it for today. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.